to episode five of series one of A Little Night Podcast. We are the Northeast Stephen Sondheim Theatre. My name is Adam Donaldson and I'm the company manager of Nest. Joining me today, we have the Nest CEO, our very own Steve Jobs, the talented and witty Tim Jasper. Hello there. We also have the hilarious and technical sensation Callum James Dunwell. Hello. And join us for the second time this series. We've got a little treat for you. We've got everyone's favourite, the enthusiastic Matthew College. Hi there, everybody. Well, thank you, boys, for joining us today. It's going to be an amazing episode. Uh, in this episode, we're going to explore an idea called Manacle Means. Now, this is an idea that's inspired a lot from Russell Cade's Evil Genius podcast series, so obviously all the credit goes to him. We're going to explore different Sunday characters who may be most known to be evil, but they could be misunderstood and actually are good people, but have just made mistakes and obviously vice versa. I've got three statements here that relate to a good or evil fact about the character and it's our job to discuss the points at hand and hopefully in this podcast it's going to be a good debate for obviously everyone listening to have your own opinion. And at the end, we're going to come to decide and vote whether this character is good or evil. And that's just the fact. This character because we've said it, it's going to be good or it's going to be evil. That's it. Now, going on, the character that we're going to be looking at today is probably one of the most popular characters in all of Sondheim's work. Mm. She's the character that Bernadette Peters brought to Broadway in the original production, and Meryl Streep brought the character to the screen. <laughs> if that hasn't given you a good enough guess, then you'll already know. We're going to be talking about the witch in Into the Woods. Oh, my goodness. Oh, I thought oh, it was Oh, my God. <laughs> so I'll tell you a little bit about the witch uh, before I go into it. So the witch is first seen barging into the home of the baker and his wife, who lives next door. Uh, she tells the couple that when the baker was a child, his father stole from a vegetable garden to feed his wife. He was expecting a second baby. She was then a beautiful individual with a magic garden. But after the baker's father stole magic beans, she was cursed and turned into a hideous witch. As revenge... She takes the family's newborn daughter to raise as her own, naming her Rapunzel. Bit of special revenge there. <laughs> she then curses the entire family so the baker would never have children of his own. She tells the baker and his wife that if they find a white cow, a gold slipper, a red cape and yellow hair before the third midnight comes, then she can, reserve, then she can reverse the curse and it will gift the couple with a child of their own. And during the journey, the witch continuously appears to intimidate the couple and rushes them to find the ingredients as fast as they can. And while all this is going on, as in the original fairy tale, the witch raises Rapunzel, locked in the tower, refusing to allow her outside. And when she discovers that Rapunzel has been visited by a prince, the witch banishes her adopted daughter to a swamp after cutting off her hair. I mean... If that doesn't sound like an evil person, I don't know what I don't know what does. It's pretty bad that so, like. Yeah, so you're probably you're probably thinking now, what a horrible woman. But I've got some points that may change your opinion. So I've got one question for you. You're all new into the woods. What is your own opinion before going in of the witch? Matthew College, I'm gonna to go to you first. Oh, so do do you want me to say like you know what my first impression was when I as a yeah. while I was watching the show like uh, you know for the first time? Yeah, or being in it or whatever, whatever you want. Um, I think for me, like 
I, I mean, I knew with Sondheim's work with with Sweeney Todd and and company and things like that that that's something. He wasn't just going to do something that was just on the surface level because obviously in the beginning, you know, the witch is, you know, the typical fairy tale witch. You know, she's she's evil. You know, she she, you know, um, she's in in society. She's you know she's considered a horrible person. You know, she's she's you know, um, ugly. You know, da 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 da. But during Act Two, that's when things start to sort of peel back and think, oh, wait, she's not just this horrible person, you know, she's, you know, she's got more layers to it. And that's what I love about Sondheim because he takes that trope of the witch and just deconstructs it uh, for the audience. So, Yeah, really good point. Tim, obviously you've played the show quite a few times. You've um, yeah. even MD'd it. So. I did it, yeah. I thought, I did I it. thought you were about to say that he's played the witch. Oh, like, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, me. please, please <laughs> do that. Job. Um, no, yeah, so I've done it a few times, uh, most recently with Stuart Pedler uh, at the University of Cumbria. Um, the Witch is definitely a multi-layered character, as Matthew was saying. Um, for me, initially, I think, comes across as the evil character, but I think the intention is where the discrepancy is going to lie, because she's not doing it to be a bad person, in my opinion. Um, so I'm going to go evil from the outset, and then let's see if you can change my mind. Oh, that sounds like a challenge. Mark. Callum James Dunwell, what's your opinion of the witch? You see, I, I overanalyze things slightly, and I've always thought of the witch as sort of lonely and slightly mm. desperate. When you sort of read into the idea of the human condition, she's sort of yes, yeah, she looks bad from the outset, but also I think the idea of locking somebody in a tower and the only company of that person is the witch. I think it just it just begs that idea of isolation and loneliness and she's sort of just desperate for company almost. I feel like the witch at the minute in lockdown then. Yeah. She, <laughs> yeah. she, gave, she gave Rapunzel that oh in lockdown. Yeah, like, I know. How many years? Yeah, I, yeah, we couldn't cope with 12 weeks with like Netflix and Xbox. Yeah, I know. She's been up there for years. Yeah, stay with me as the anthem. There's only a ponytail. <laughs> but yeah, that, it's, it's three. I'm glad you're on all... Like fully, oh, it's just horrible, it's horrible. Like he's able to see into these other visions that other people may have of the witch, which is really yeah. good. And we'll I tell you what, let's not mess about. Let's get straight in with the first statement, and this is going to be one that maybe shows a good side of the witch, mm. which I'm going to do first. So the first statement: Do good intentions outweigh the bad? So obviously, uh, as I previously mentioned. The witch raises Rapunzel in the tower, and it can be argued that her intentions to care and love for Rapunzel are for the good. Like she, what she's want to raise Rapunzel as a daughter and hide her from the dangers on the outside. That obviously, like keep her safe. She can obviously she's doing these horrible things of locking her away, not letting her meet like men, meet, let letting her meet any friends. Just fully keeping her in. Is that unfair, or do you think the fact that she's trying to keep her safe? Is something that should be overlooked. I'll come to Callum first. What do you think? Uh, I d- well, that's a difficult one, yeah, because it, yeah, it might seem like a good thing that you're keeping somebody away from the horrors of the world. But on the same note, you need to experience some of the horrors of the world and some of the realities of life to be able to function as a as a normal person. So, in a mm-hmm. sense, by locking somebody away, you're actually taking away from them just the normal outset of life you need to be able to go out and you need to be able to see the world and you need to be able to make mistakes and see some of those horrors to be able to sort of mold yourself into a normal person yourself. If you're locked away, then 
you're completely oblivious to the to the world. So when you do finally get into it, you, it's just hopeless. Tim, just by you had your hand up there. Yeah, yeah. I, just, I, I get the point. I think I would argue with that is <laughs> that the point of a parent is to like share their life experience and share their wisdom with their children. Um, and so obviously the witch has gone through a terrible time in the baker's father's garden. There's too many um, belonging words in that sentence. <laughs> um, but she's learned something. Like the whole point of the show is about learning something and about teaching children. That's a big theme in, this, in the whole show. And so by her teaching her child from her own experience, which you can't lie has been bad, then like for me, that's why I think that is a good intention more than a bad thing. I think the protection is better than the um, risk that you'd open up to. But also on the flip side to that, there's there's no... The best way of learning is to experience it yourself. But absolutely, I agree that your parents do pass on that element of wisdom and life experience that they've got. But there are some things you've just got to go and do yourself to realize how to do it and how to function in a particular way. And as well as that, every single person, no matter how you're parented, it's all about nature versus nurture. Um, You're individual no matter what. So you might have to go out and make some different mistakes to follow the path that you're going to go down yourself. Yeah, fair. Good point. And I think, agreeing with Tim, uh, or using Tim as an example, I don't necessarily fully agree. But... Obviously, yeah, as you say, like, she's had a horrible experience in the past and obviously she doesn't want Rapunzel to go through the uh, same sort of things. Is it not too strict? Like, is it... She could definitely do it in a more lenient way. Like, definitely. Like, even just say it right, I'm going to watch you from the top of the tower. Uh You can can meet a friend, but I want to just watch you. Like, even that, I think, is still really weird because obviously you can see like your your mom watching <laughs> down you're doing stuff like even, is it even people in strict? prison get some exercise time don't they <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I mean it'd be useful if they had gps trackers because then she could just look at <laughs> yeah if she had get find up, my friend on her iphone that'd be fine wouldn't it she's a witch and she got a spell for that <laughs> do you not think it's too and obviously she cuts off her hair which means mm. like do you not think that's all well, she has the daughter, like Rapunzel has gone against her mum's mm, yeah. issues. That's true. So, like, fair enough, and it doesn't harm her. It doesn't hurt to cut your hair. Does does the does the treatment that she gets though cause Rapunzel to want to rebel against her? Potentially, I'd, I'd say so. <laughs> Matthew, Matthew, yeah, I was going to say uh, Matthew um, Collins. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, it's one of those. Well, because that whole idea of like, um if it's with good intentions, even, even though it, you know, has a bad outcome, I think that permeates through the whole show. Cause like every character has good intentions. If you think about it, you know, cause they want to, you know, do well for their family or, you know, they just want to have a better life, but unfortunately those have consequences, you know, and that's what the show teaches the audience, you know, that, you know, you can't, I mean, even if you get what you want, you know, you got to pay the price in some sort of way. And I think with the witch, you know, her isolating her daughter, um, to a degree of, you know, of, of you know because with with that sort of isolation like it can have really bad effects in the future you know in terms of how she interacts with the world you know um say if she hypothetically did get out you know like um you know much later than in the show i think i don't think she would have been able to cope with society because she's just not used to that sort of environment and 
it might, you know, I think subconsciously might implode in terms of, you know, interacting with people. So she'd avoid any lifts as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. And yeah, and it will cause like, um, you know, post-traumatic stress disorder from being isolated for so long. And the fact that she cuts off her hair is like another layer of isolation because obviously when she cuts her hair, she's saying you can't see that prince ever again, you know, because that's the way he was able to, you know, climb up and everything. So are we not then like, because the witch has still got to experience and let out how she feels about her experience. Are we not now saying, well, her experience doesn't matter because Rapunzel's um, life value is now more than yeah, what be, we're trying to express? Being, um, being Tim's being a devil advocate for Matthew and uh, Callum. You're going to say Tim's advocate. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> a devil. <laughs> um, but um, I think you need to look in the lyrics of Stay with me. Stay at home. I am home. Who out there could live love you more than I? Just just that line there just shows, I think. Like I'm doing this out of love. And does does love does love conquer everything? Also <laughs> going on um in a similar vein to what Adam just said, if you listen to the music of the show, like this is purely on the music, the the bean theme is what it is, but it's mm. reharmonized to signify that the witch isn't all good. So, you know, looking at the score itself, you could say that music literally tells you that she's not got good intentions at heart, fully good intentions. Yeah, I'd say, yeah, love can counter everything. But on the same note, if you're experiencing your own uh, personal insecurities and issues, it doesn't mean you should impress that on another character. Or no, sorry, another person. Uh, it, it's very there's fair. Ways, there's ways and means of, of broaching things. And I'd say that locking somebody in a tower for years is uh, probably not the best way to broach things. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what about a basement? <laughs> oh, God. Well, um, I feel like this, this element of the argument is the most... It's the most debatable one because, it, as I said in the statement, it does the good outweigh the bad and I feel like it's just more of people's like Tim's morals Matthew's Callum's to whether we think every day does good outweigh the bad so I feel like this is the one where we're gonna have the most debate about bring it on yeah uh, 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 and of course and and with the witch you know also you got to keep in mind you know obviously she's been she's been sort of you know bruised by society and and obviously because of her appearance and and you know, what effect that, like, her, um, the Baker's father had on her family, you know, and she's been, you know, sort of shifted in some sort of way in that mindset of, like, you know, my mother failed to sort of keep me out of danger, so I'm going to do that to my daughter, but unfortunately that's not the right... The way she does it is not the right way to go about it, so it's like, it is possible to have good intentions and, you know, have a good outcome. It's just, unfortunately, she hadn't learned a way to from her own mother to health healthily like you know care for her daughter but also let her go out and and experience things and live a full natural life you know the way she should do and obviously it's a stab at the dot this kind of um like thinking about maybe a what if scenario kind of thing mm. but a, a good reason because obviously she's told the baker like you've got a sister so obviously 
the beta is a way to throw all of into the woods that he's got a sister. So you never know if you if if the if Rapunzel was allowed out, you never know they could cross paths and then mm. then obviously the beta could be like, look, this is what your mother has been has been doing. Like she's she's cursed us with having a baby. Like it's I feel feel like with a witch you. If you if you can sympathise with her, mm. then I think you feel like she's a good person. But then if you do if you're not really sympathetic, then you can't just like nah, nah. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, what I love about a good villain, like I mean, she is quote unquote the villain, but I think what makes a great villain is that even if you don't agree with their ideals or their morals, you understand them. And that's what I love about the witch so much, is that you know, she's she's got horrible you know, she's, she's done horrible things to Rapunzel, but I think when you look at her backstory and outset, you understand, oh, of course, you know, if she had that sort of mindset of the world, of course she would act in this way, you know? Um, so that's yeah. what I love about that character. It's very easy for us to try and distinguish um, the difference between good and bad. Mm. Yeah. But I'd say that's difficult because every single person has the capacity to be a good person or a bad person. Yeah. So it's it's very difficult to just from the outset go well she's evil. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, we've had a good little debate on that, and <laughs> I think it's perfect. Time to go to point two. Oh my! So this is statement two. Is the revenge against the baker fair? So obviously the witch uh, set out a task for the baker and the baker's wife to find four items: a white cow, red cape. Golden slipper, yellow hair, in only three midnights, so three days. Yes. Uh, although the baker's father caused the curse for our looks, obviously by going to the garden, is it fair that the baker, the son, receives the punishment because of what his father's done? Or is that just completely unfair of her? Or is, or is it just that she, obviously she doesn't know where the mysterious man is now, so the one person who's blood related to him gets the punishment what what do you think tim jasper i'll start with you i think that it's a tricky one because i get why she does it the baker does turn out to be quite self-centered all he wants is to get is what he wants plow through you know other people's wants and needs to get his what he wants which is these four items or whatever it is he wants to get um so i think the witch sees in him the same attitude as the father who just goes into her garden and gets what he wants, doesn't like, isn't thinking about other people's feelings or, you know, circumstances. Um, so I think she's maybe in a similar way to locking Rapunzel in tower. She's preventing what she can already see because she sees a similarity to what she's been through. Um, yeah. so I think that is a justified action by the witch. Callum. That's. I wouldn't say it was justified to make the baker do it. I wouldn't say it was justified to drag him into it. It's not his fault, poor lad. <laughs> what his father's yeah. been up to, you know. Yeah. No, that's like, that's his like, father is gone now. Like so imagine, like imagine my dad, which he doesn't do this, obviously. But if I, <laughs> hypothetically, if my dad went out to a pub and decided he was going to buy everyone in the pub a drink and rack up this massive, huge bill, and then he'd just disappear, and then they sent the bill to me, is that fair? Um, I think it's a reasonable thing to do if he's Scarpa Dauphin is now missing. 
Which is not just for the just to say on record on this podcast that was just a hypothetical <laughs> question. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the bean thieving father is no longer on the scene, so she needs to, <laughs> you know, get a comeuppance somehow. And is it fair that the bit that that's a beta who gets that? Who else would it be? That's my question. Yeah, like, in, maybe... in, a, in a way, in a way, she could obviously she takes the well, she steals, she steals. The beta's well, the mysterious man. Let's say because obviously it is the beta's father. Um, steals his firstborn. Is that is that not enough? Like that's yeah. It's like oh, it's dollars and beans. <laughs> so I'm gonna nick your child. It doesn't. It's not really an eye for an eye. That is it. And and prevent further children. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, well, it's yeah, a bit the, of an extreme reaction. The beans <laughs> weren't just beans, though, were they? It wasn't like oh. I've left my beans at Sainsbury's. I'll go back and get some more. Like, they're magic beans. Yeah. <laughs> it's not the big and, beans. Pack of six that you can get. And, you know, and, and in the lyric, you know, the witch does allude to other things that the baker's father has done to her. So it's not no. like just a bean nicking we're talking about here. <laughs> oh, Matthew College, yeah. I feel like you've got a good opinion on this. What do, what do you um, think? Because I'm thinking, like, well, because obviously, if this didn't happen, there'd, there'd be no show. But like, but speaking of like, <laughs> if it, if this happened in real life, um, it, it's it's sort of a weird sort of, uh, like it's a good thing and a bad thing because obviously it's a terrible thing that she's plotting revenge because that's not the answer. You know, you shouldn't inflict the same sort of pain on anybody else because then everybody because then everybody else gets you know, nobody comes out of this you know unscarred you know or unscathed about that, yeah. but with her actions, it forces the characters to go into new territory and, and explore the world and, and about themselves. Because without, you know, them looking for, like, all those items and, like, the beans and everything, you know, Jack wouldn't have learned, like, the, the you know, like, how to not be greedy or, you know, or Little Red Riding Hood wouldn't, you, you know, she would learn about, you know, her... Sticking to uh, the path. Yeah, like, you know, exactly. It, help, it, it gives them, like, a sort of shock and... And especially in No One Is Alone, it gives them the realization that you know, you know, their grandmother's gone, or like you know, their mother's gone, and it really puts their world into perspective that they shouldn't be childish. They need, you know, that's the moment I think where they know deep down that they should grow up. And without the witch doing that, it's you know, even though it's a bad intention, it came out in somewhat like it's like the opposite. You know, it's it's very interesting. So do you think? Do you think obviously who? Made, given the beta this task, made her a better person than if she didn't. Yeah, she's letting redemption be an option. She's like saying you can earn the forgiveness back, essentially. You can earn what yeah. I've taken from you. It's not like forever. He, he's giving the baker a choice. She's giving the baker a choice, you know. You can and just if you sit think and about wallow, it, you know, or, you know, go out into the world. The interesting thing is, obviously, she makes them do the task. And the we always when obviously when I when I did it, I always thought it was weird that the witch would never like push the um beta and beta and beta's wife like more like try and help them out kind of thing. Mm. More because she was obviously trying to get her beauty back. Yeah. And obviously yeah. she's she's as she's as desperate for the items as the beta and the beta's wife are, which I always found when I obviously when I played the beta, I was just always like would would you help them out? Because obviously yeah. they're getting something, and you're getting something as well. So, but obviously yeah. maybe she maybe she enjoys having the curse over. 
that family. Maybe it fills up with enjoyment because she might be an evil person. She might be an evil person. I'd say it's about assertion of dominance, isn't it? When you've been outed by society, it's then a natural thing to try and assert your dominance over other people to try and sort of fulfill that void that's been lost. Yeah. Mm. I'm I'm glad of it. Yeah. It's interesting that she also sings Chum Will Listen. So, like, at the end of it, she's, like, learned a lesson as well. Like, it's that whole argument of, like, oh, because I think throughout the show, that there's Chum won't listen, but then Chum will listen. So it just depends on the sort of be careful of what you say, because, again, it will affect, you know, their their view of the world. You know, it's not just actions. It's, like, you know, it's words as well and how can it, and how it can affect someone, you know, um, and things like that. So she also learns in turn even though she did an objectively terrible thing, you know, to the baker, but she's sort of, she's like the catalyst for like the whole thing. She's pushing the characters out of their comfort zone and making them understand the world, which is ironic because, you know, she's keeping Rapunzel and not letting her experience the world. So that, that's, you know, that's fascinating to me, you know. That's, that's a good point as well. Just back to the question about punishing the, the baker's father's son, which is the baker. Um, later in the show, she does say about when uh, the baker says about killing the wolf, is that like, and then she says, what about the wolf's mother? So she's learned at the time when she punishes the baker's dad's son, mm. she, that's, what, that's what she's done essentially to the wolf's mother. She's, so she's saying by killing the wolf, your effect, like, it's not fair on the knock-on effect. So I think she, yeah, you're right, Matthew, she's learning herself. Yeah, because, well, because immediately, well, because when Rapunzel does die in the show, she has that moment, like, you know, mm-hmm. just... she, she, like, sings to the, she sings to the men, doesn't she? Straight, straight, yeah. Is that straight after? Yeah, yeah, yeah. As soon as she, you know, unfortunately gets crushed by the giant, which, which to be which to be fair, was, like, caused by her inadvertently because of the beans and everything, you know, so she kind of un, inadvertently caused that knock-on effect, you know. Um, so she unintentionally was able to like learn a lesson in a weird way because she, obviously she did a bad intention, but she, you know it's weird, you know, in that kind but of sense. Do you, I could just like ask sometimes like everybody has if you want revenge on somebody, mm-hmm. you always want to get it like get one up on them. But would you really set out an impossible task of get obviously the in it? Isn't impossible because they succeed, but the almost impossible task of getting these four items, these four obscure items in three days, just to get one up on somebody else. I don't know. I think that's a bit. I think you. Yeah, yeah. Going for it a bit there. Well, because you know, because again, well, that I, whole scene, you know, it, it's like. I hope I don't get on your realize. bad side, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> you never do, Adam. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> But then it yeah, also c- it also begs the question of um, then coming back to Rapunzel getting crushed. That comes back to the fact: well, was she safer in the tower? Yeah, that's the Ooh. thing. It puts that yeah. all into question because unfortunately, things like that happen. You know, um, you know, because again, if you isolate yourself, you know, it, there's long term effects. You know, it, it, in terms of that. And but if you, you know, if, and if you go out into the world, you know, something might happen. You know. Um, this this idea that if you stay locked away, yes, you might live longer, but yeah, but will you be satisfied? To your detrimental to your men, mental well being. Yeah, it's yeah. it's like a long term yeah. sort of thing, you know. 
But then you could say the Punzer getting crushed was caused by the giants coming down, which was caused by the wish had been throwing. So yeah. it's the beauty of the song, Your Fault. It's the fault isn't just one person's. So Yeah, it's a combination of everything else. And yeah. you know, um and like with Last Midnight, she puts into that sort of the stereotype of like, oh, you know, that's what you all think of me, because I'm the witch, I'm the bad person, you know, but you're all terrible people as well, you know, as well as me, you know, sh- sh- you know. You're not you're not good. You're not bad. You're just nice, you know, like because, you know, because I'm right, you know, you know, honestly, so. I wish we could have this debate all day. Honestly, anyway, it's yeah, it's yeah. it's went, it's went, it's went, honestly, I thought we'd all be like, I was yeah, worried. Just wait for the just wait for the twelve hour <laughs> podcast I've planned. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I was worried. Oh we'd my all, god! I just, just say a point, and then we'd all be like. Yeah, yeah, agree, agree. But that's really, really nice debate, bud. Yeah. Tell you what, I'll quickly move on to the third so we can carry yes. on the debate. Sort of went um, on a tangent there. <laughs> that's Oops. a really good one. Uh, we need we need like a three-hour special. Yeah, I know. That's what, what, that's what I love about Sonheim shows. You can like honestly talk three hours about it and it still wouldn't be enough, you know? So, yeah. yeah. But anyway. So the, the third statement is... Oh, and here we go. I'm going to give Tim Jasper credit... Because he told us this fact. <laughs> but <laughs> this might be a surprise for you guys, but the witch is the only character in the show who doesn't lie. Apart from so, Ugly White. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it, yeah, as I say, it might be hard to believe, but the witch, although obviously she says things which may be considered as evil, but she isn't lying about it. Just telling the truth in everything that she says. The beta yeah. and the beta's wife are always lying when they're searching for the items. Uh, the prince is obviously in agony. It's up the tr- the um, lying to each other to go one up on each other. Like after this, no, oh, yeah, after and, this, and, and you know, and they cheat on other people. Well, the yeah. Cinderella's prince cheats on another person. You know, <laughs> on the so, beta's wife. So, would you say with the witch? She tells the truth in everything. It no matter, like if she's threatening someone or she's being nice, does that show that she's a good person? Because lying is a negative trait that people see. Mm. And yet others. sometimes, and yet sometimes, the truth hurts more. Mm. That's that's a good point. So, yeah, Tim uh, Jasper, uh, yeah. what do you think? Um, well. I think because she is so upfront and clear and honest about everything in the whole show, as we said, no one else is honest throughout the whole show apart from her and Milky White who moves. Um, yes. I think that's, for me, that is a good quality to have. And it's probably the main point for me that would sway me towards her actually being good because all of intentions are good and to achieve honesty and achieve like the truth. So whatever she's doing, although yes, it's bad sometimes, she always wants it for the best. She doesn't want to do it as a so like the punishment isn't to be punishing. Mm. It's because like she's trying to get some good back out of a situation that she's been put into. Callum, mm, so what that, do you think? She's good. She is good in the sense that she always tells the truth, but you know. Like I said, the truth the truth hurts more. So maybe she knows she's hurting people by telling them the truth. Maybe she's maybe enjoying she, that. You know, sometimes people, sometimes people think that 
the fact that they're telling a lie is, well, not a good thing, but sort of saving somebody from from pain. And the witch, well, she doesn't care. So maybe she just tells the truth. She just says it how it is. She's she's brutal and honest. But like, is imagine like in the performing arts sector, if as like as an MD, I have to give notes a lot. No one's mm-hmm. gonna learn anything if I just sit and go. That was great. Really good. Yeah, oh, yeah. On. Like, yeah, no, I completely gotta, agree with that. I know the truth hurts. Yeah, you gotta, you no, gotta say it as it is. That's so how you that grow. Learning, you know? which is the, the theme of, this, of the whole show, the learning can happen. But so, then yeah, with yeah. that, then with that, you wouldn't want to go... I, I do agree with you, but would you then want to go so deep that you would be like... Like, say something was, like, the worst thing you've ever heard. Mm. You... I, would you would you then be like would you say it up straight but you I don't think that you would because you'd want to you would no, want to destroy somebody's yeah, yeah, yeah it's about know. being tactful yeah. and constructive you wouldn't yeah constructive criticism but then you then you then you're lying because what's going on in your mind is that it's a worst thing you've ever heard and if you don't say that then it's technically a lie I'm sure I'm worried which I mean Tim's indeed me several times so what's he been thinking. Yeah. <laughs> what, what's, what's, never going know. On? what's going on behind the eyes there mm. let's, let's uh, move on from that point then anyway uh, <laughs> back to the studio so is it, on Callum's point if the truth is hurting somebody does that make it good or is it it's, still uh, it depends on it the context the, it plays to the argument of does it does it build resilience do you build resilience as a person or does it destroy you? And I think that's entirely specific to the person that you're saying it to. Because I think it's especially to the baker is essential. I, obviously, I don't know if it's just this because obviously I played the part, but I think it kind of, it's on his mind, the, the whole show about what the witch has done with his father. Because obviously she, she comes in in the um, prologue and she's like, so this is this is what I've done. I've your father came in, stole this, now you've got this curse on you, you've got three days to get this. <laughs> uh, Tim's sticking about the witches right back and same on the Zoom call yeah, moving away. That, that, that's why I love how like the witch is introduced in non-traditional musical theatre form. She's not she doesn't come in with a melody. She says it point straight. Here's the situation. This is what your father's done. You know, I'm gonna put my revenge on you, you know, and like and that, you know, then that it, it leads into a character of how she is truthful, yes, but it can obviously it hurts people, you know, especially Rapunzel. I think it it destroys the beta throughout the show because he's you can see when he meets the his father before no more. Mm. He's obviously learnt about everything that his his father's done, and then that's like his meltdown to his father, like you've done this, you've you've made me feel like this, you've made yeah. me and my wife have to do this. My wife's now died because we've had to do all this because of what you've done. Yeah. So I think that the... Trying to keep neutral, I think that the witch telling him that in the long run is really affected, especially the beta, because mm. of, of that. I don't know what you think, but that's an argument where I would say I don't think the truth is always... For the best, and is she enjoying being able to tell the truth? That's the thing. Is she like, as Callum says, is she like, oh, 
this is really going to hurt him. I kind of wait to tell him this. Or yeah, because well, one of my favorite lines in No More is, how are we to know? How are we ever to know? You know, because he, because the father didn't know this was going to cause like a, 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 you know, an effect on everybody. You know, like he just, you know, he, he was doing right by his family because, you know, he was, he was helping his, his wife. But obviously, you know, it was a horrible thing that he did by stealing, you know, so because he thought it was just, oh, I'm just going to nick some vegetables. And then obviously it blew out of proportion. Um, and then, you know, um, you know, it's it's one of those things where all, everything has an opposite reaction to it. So, you know, I think it's all could have been avoided. Yes. Someone invested in a metal garden fence that wasn't so easy to climb over. Then it was electrified. <laughs> electrified. Yeah. If there's uh, a court. <laughs> corrugated steel with, with with Rottweilers at the front. Of it. Yeah, lasers. <laughs> That's what you needed in the tower. Like, but Eddie, I feel like everyone's ready to see um, what they think now. I feel like we've had enough evidence to yeah to base an answer off. So I'm going to cut Matthew College first. Oh Matthew, God, with all the evidence, obviously you know the show well. Oh, um, no. <laughs> with the three statements, would you say that the witch is more good or more evil? Um, I think she's mostly good, um, you know, because I think she's, uh, yeah, because again, she has been scarred by society and like, you know, and, and she hasn't had, she hasn't had, you know, any connections with any with, any real person because I feel like the only real connection that she had was with Rapunzel and even even she doesn't respect you know even Rapunzel doesn't respect her so she, you know she's 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 somewhat tortured you know from the outset of the show and um you know and and what I love about her songs so much is that it, it you know the songs are truthful they hurt you know but people need to learn these lessons you know especially during Act Two, because that's when she really starts to put her perspective in the world, you know, with with Last Midnight and um, Lament and Children Will Listen, um, and with Stay with Me, she's singing this beautiful melody, which you know is the is the bean motif. But that's when she's the most vulnerable. That's when the audience, that's when we see her actual true intentions, and you know, that's why I think she's such a flawed and amazing complex character, you know, because yes, on the outside she's evil, but she has a lot of layers underneath that justify acts of kindness and 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 goodness, you know, in the world. Cool. So we've got one vote for good. Well, from Matthew Collins, I'm gonna to come to Tim Jasper. Next, are you gonna agree or are you gonna disagree? I've been thinking long and hard, and I initially said evil, and I wanted my mind to be changed. And I was, as I was arguing, I was trying to find the good in everything by saying she's honest, and by saying like that she's doing everything because she's learned for herself and trying to pass on wisdom. Um, but thinking back, I think Callum does argue a good case. Like it's a bit extra to <laughs> to do the things that she has done. I think she takes that the good intention too far past the point of like you, you can't really see the good intention as clearly as the action is on base value so i'm afraid my mind is not changed and i'm saying she's an evil evil yeah. son of a witch oh <laughs> it all comes down to this oh no callum oh, wow. <laughs> what oh, are you wow. thinking oh. callum um 
I've got to, I've got to go with evil, and I don't think it's through any fault of her own necessarily. I think she's been ousted by society. I think she's a very complex character with a lot of personal issues and insecurities. But just because you're suffering, it doesn't mean by impressing yourself on other people and forcing yourself on other people that that's necessarily a good thing, even if it makes you feel slightly better. So it doesn't matter what your own issues are. Evil acts are evil acts. Mm. So, yeah, that's it. When when you think about a a buddy now, there's no arguments that the witch is good. She's fully evil. I know. Oh, she's an evil know. woman. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> she, she's, 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 it's been written in stone for, for for centuries that the witch is always the evil person. So I should have known, you know. In the, in the sequel, <laughs> don't know. The woods, I know. I know. <laughs> My God. Um, but yeah. Um, with with the witch, it's like it, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, it's that whole thing of retribution. You know, obviously, you know, we don't get to see that in the show, unfortunately. But like, you know, she can, you know, learn to change her ways. But that's because she hasn't had the proper, you know, interaction with society that she would have normally had had she, you know, not, you know, been born hideous. You know, so um, if I if I were to vote, I think I probably would have went. I think I would. I think I would have went evil as well. Ah, oh, damn it! Because oh, um, three to one. Like as Calvin too has said, like there's all these good things that she does, but I just feel like it's the extremes that it goes to. Yeah, of course. It, you yeah. can't. You can't ignore that. Like locking away in a tower. Like not letting us say anybody. I think it's just absolutely crazy. And then the beaters having to be responsible for something his father's done. It's just something yeah. I do think is fully fair. But obviously my vote doesn't count, so it's a, it's a 2-1. Mm. But you know what? I'm just glad to be on the winning team because in the pilot, I lost undeservedly. Yeah. <laughs> I feel great now. <laughs> but oh, um, wow. Very interesting debate. Yeah. yeah. I, definitely, I think we need to do one of these ones again because you yes, don't know. Yeah. yeah. We could do it We could do it in Series 2. If, yeah, it's, yeah if save it for it. Season 2. Let's get Season 1. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hold your horses, but, um, Bob. <laughs> anything could happen. But yeah, yeah I think I think that's a great place to end it. The witch is evil. It's just evil. Yeah, She's an evil blank. woman. It's written <laughs> but, in uh, the, written in stone. Thank you very much for Matthew Collins for uh, joining me for a second episode. Thank you great very much having for having me. Thank you, Colin, for uh, joining us in this episode. You're very welcome. And thank you, Tim Jasper, for giving us My some pleasure. For some musical knowledge as well, but no, some but... of them I didn't know. And uh, <laughs> thank you, thank you everyone for listening in. And we'll see you next Monday for a bit of theatre revolution with David Ooh. and Anna. Get it? Exciting. And they've got and, and they've got, yes, and they've got a special guest coming back, Albertus. So it's going to be oh, fun. Yes. <laughs> that'll be that'll be one I'm excited to listen to. But you'll have to wait till then. So we'll Bye, see you everybody. soon. Bye. Bye. See you later. Bye.